and you're listening to Dream Infringement. Featuring your favorite co-hosts that you love the most, Jennifer, Bobby, and Emily. Here at Dream Infringement, we like to tell stories. Do you like how I got really serious right then? Here at Dream Infringement, we like to tell stories and play music based on a weekly theme. So stick around, pour a glass of your preferred beverage, turn up the volume, and enjoy the next hour of Dream Infringement. That was good. That was good. So you're probably wondering, what are we going to talk about for the next hour? Are we just flying by the seat of our pants and just going to say what's off the top of our head? No, we are not. You know why? Because this is pre-recorded. That means we had plenty of time to come up with a theme, come up with material for that very theme, and then record it and then cut out all the ums and yas and ums and ers and es and oohs. You know what I'm talking about. But we leave just enough in to make it sound like... We're actually talking to you live. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> like I was saying, you might be wondering what the theme is, and you might assume that since... We have been a show for the last four years. Our little group of Dream Infringement, we've, we've spent a lot of time together, not just remotely, but there were a few year, years where we were in a studio, stuck in this 10 by 10 room with no one else to talk to but each other. And what do you think we did during the song breaks? Well, we told each other our deepest, darkest secrets. But it might surprise you to know that there are a few things we still don't know about each other. What? I know, I know. Hopefully, if you were drinking water, you had swallowed it before you did a spit take. If you did, that would have been so awesome to see. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. But with all of that said, our theme is Dream Infringement, Do I Know You? So we asked a few questions. Emily, you want to take it from here? We came up with some questions for one another, um, things that we just didn't know. Yeah. So let's get things going. And put each other on the spot and made oh, each okay. other ask, answer the questions. <laughs> yeah, and we answered those questions. And and you're, you're wondering, how are Bobby and Emily able to have this conversation that sounds so impromptu, okay, and on the fly, if they're co-hosts, but we're not just co-hosts that are two different people. We are co-hosts that are married. We live together. That's true. We share a life together. We're still two different people. We are, but we don't, what I mean is we don't have to like uh, live in two different places. That is that is true. Although if you're married and that's what you do, more power to you. That's great. Yeah, if you can afford that. What, what are you doing? Oy vey. Let me in on it. I know. So anyways, uh, but we are not married to Jennifer. Okay, Jennifer is on her own. She lives separate from us. And that is why we, we Emily and I, who know so much, probably more than we want to know about each other, we're asking her questions and she's asking us questions. Okay, so that's, that's how all of this works. Yep. Just in case you were wondering. So this isn't just us talking at you. We also break up a little bit of our banter and our questions with some music that is curated and guaranteed to entertain and make you think. So here's some of that music. Hey 
hey Jennifer, we've been friends for a long time and there are still things that I don't know about you and I have questions and hopefully you have answers. I'm sure you do. Um, also, I'm sitting on my bed with a laptop and Spock is trying to get into the pocket of my jersey tunic, so that's happening. <laughs> it's distracting me. All right, the first question. Jennifer, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I see. Well, it looks like you have a little helper getting into stuff, being curious, as cats do. You can't really do anything without them patrolling to see what's going on, I have found. They were very nosy. So when I was very young, I think my career goals pretty much hinged on finding a Narnia type situation. Most of it was like involved escape and going away. Um, but I always really, uh, being like an author was always a common theme. Sometimes I thought it would be interesting to be like a specialist about like a certain kind of animal and just like watch and study their behaviorisms and write about it. Like they're like this or like that, but I tended to give animals a lot more like human emotions than they really had, not their own like little animal emotions. So I remember thinking about those those two things as like something I would want to do. So along the same lines as what did you want to be as a kid when you grew up, I would like to know what your dream job would be now. Um, if there were no such things as mental health issues, the pandemic, money, and education was no object, what would be your dream job? Ooh, there's a few things that I think are really interesting that, but I don't really know like what life that person has, like what it takes to get there. Um, having like a podcast podcast would be interesting because I do like that process of developing a theme and researching it and having stuff to say about it. I like that. Or something to do with writing. I do like writing things, but I'm not, I don't seem to have it in me to be like uh, a novelist type person, but perhaps more of like a sitcom type person might work out <laughs> in my mind. Um, I also think it would be really interesting to be involved with like movie and music production of some kind um, or even like the production of books itself like to be a person that gets to pre-read a book and say yeah I think other people would like it or to say like no I hate it or this should be changed and just have an opinion about those things I would like because I've read a lot of books I didn't like and I wish somebody would have done that to them. Um, the same with music. There's a lot of, I, for me, I guess quirks where when I listen to music I'm like oh no this part sounds like too synthetic or I don't like the tone or the pitch or I feel like 
the lyric needs work. Like I have a lot of opinions about music that I listen to where I'm like, oh, just this one thing would be better. Or sometimes I'm like, no, this is perfection. This is lovely. I love it. Um, but I, I would like control <laughs> to be like, fix this thing. I don't like this one thing that you're doing. Um, and the, the same with like movie production, certain things will bother me, like uh, certain ensembles or like makeup or, so I guess that would be like costume or like how the things are set up. Like some things just don't seem as congruent to me and I would like to change them. Um, ooh, or someone who helps pair songs with specific scenes for like movies and television, like creating like a very thematic element seems like it would be really interesting and fun. So I, I definitely tend to lean, lean towards like the, um, the arts, the entertainment arts, apparently. Um, but on an opposite side of all of that, um, I do find genetic research so interesting. Uh, like gene mapping and then finding out like what things create what other things, um, which is more, I think, like just a statistical analysis of stuff. Like I have um, 23andMe and sometimes they'll send me updates like people with your genetic background or, you know, this way or that way. And I find that like super interesting that you can tell that. And I think that there's a lot that hasn't been discovered yet because it's huge uh, research wise. Uh, but I find, I think that like being a geneticist or like someone who researches and makes those connections would be like really interesting and I like that as well. So that's my one uh, wild card that you didn't see coming because it's quite, it's not like the others at all. Did either of you grow up with nicknames that your parents called you? I don't know this. Oddly, I feel like I should know this. I feel like I have been around both your parents at which time they could have called you said nickname and I would have observed and heard and remembered it, but I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. This is a really good question, Jennifer, because I actually have several nicknames. I had several nicknames growing up. Uh, I won't talk about all of them because we don't have enough time, but the one that is in the forefront of my mind is one that I got like as young as maybe six months old. By my family, uh, my dad's side of the family, and I'm I'm a, I'm actually Mexican. If you couldn't tell from my accent, uh, but I am, and also the brown skin. I don't know if it comes through on the <laughs> through the microphone, but but I am Mexican. And uh, on my dad's side, they have a lot of nicknames that are like always bouncing around. Uh, and so when I was born, one of the names that they started calling me was Belon. Okay, and Belon is actually like a, it's like a slang word for like baldy, basically, like bald-headed kid or person. And so I, uh, I got that nickname and 
I guess I didn't have a lot of hair on my head. Well, look at you now. <laughs> I showed them. Now it's like a joke, right? Yeah, now it's maybe it's like, I don't know. But they still call me that. And I actually have a cousin who I uh, lovingly refer to uh, uh, call Weenchi, um, which is another slang word for for light skin, like white skin. And so uh, so he, he calls, I call him Weenchi and he calls me Pelon. And somehow we manage. So uh, he's one of my favorite cousins, actually. So uh, yeah, there's many, many nicknames after that. But um, but that's the that's the one that sticks out in my mind. Well, mine aren't. I don't think as interesting as yours. Yeah. But, <laughs> or um, possibly offensive towards your looks. <laughs> no. Um, when I was little, my dad called me Scooter because I would scoot around on the floor when I was learning to, like, crawl and and then walk. So there was that one. And then just, like, all the nicknames that come with Emmy, em- em- Emily. So Emmy, Emmy Lou, Emma. No, actually not em- Eminem. Emma. No Eminem? No Eminem. Oh, okay, that's... Um, yeah, and then, oh, because my middle name is Louise, so Emmy Lou was, that's a nickname. And then we had a close friend of the family who would call me Lulu Bell, and I'm not sure where that came from. I'll have to ask my parents. Um, and then I made that my regrettable first email address that I still have, and I have been trying to, like, come up with a grown-up email address name ever since and it's just i have three i have three now emily that's that's you're you're not you're not the only one with a regrettable original email address so thank you yeah i'm sure you're not the only one out there jennifer so one of the things that are most near and dear to me are love songs, songs that were born from experiences that I had where I was in a relationship. And these songs, although they have a little bit of a cringe factor for some of them, and some of them are still like very much a staple in my playlists, I still care about them like they're meaningful and so i want to ask you what was your first shared love song i'm talking about you and the person that you were in love with it doesn't have to be love could just be you dating and you felt some deep feelings for them what was your first shared love song hobby I guess once I tell you what it is, you'll know why I was moaning and whining and carrying on. Okay, so y'all got to remember that it was the 90s. I'll try better to have, oh, I can't have another first shared love song. (laughs) I'm permanently marked with this. Oh no. It was that Selena song that like, I could fall in love tonight with you song. Now you know. Now you know. We were just two crazy kids in love and Selena was playing on the radio.
this question is more of a question for Bobby, but I feel like Emily will have input on it. So often during summer here, it gets really hot and Bobby grew up somewhat in Arizona. But when it's hot here, like sometimes he'll still be wearing really like long sleeved shirts or he'll be wearing a coat and I feel hot and uncomfortable and he's like wearing heavier clothing and then I wonder is he just being hot in temperature for the sake of fashion does he just not feel the heat as much as like I feel the heat did he not do laundry and he's just like well I got this long sleeve shirt and that's it like what's happening also I don't see Bobby wearing a lot of socks does Bobby wear socks do I just happen to see him unsocked and he wears socks all the time things I don't know I'm excited to hear Bobby's explanations to all of these because he has opinions and answers and reasonings that I'm sure will bewilder us all. (laughs) Bobby, please answer Jennifer's questions. (laughs) I have nothing to say about this subject. I'm just kidding. Uh, You know, it's partly being a slave to fashion and the other part uh, being a little bit able to kind of ignore the weather outside, like turn that part of my brain off. I've been known, I have been called out for wearing a corduroy jacket in the end, like the end of, I think like the middle of August. And rightly so, you say it like you were called out, like. I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Anyways, uh, yeah, since I was a, a, a wee lad, a wee lad of, you know, 11, like maybe like 10 years old, I remember being very much aware of what was fashionable for my demographic, like my age group. And I remember slightly feeling uncomfortable in certain clothes, but being so dedicated to carrying out certain styles and like fashions of that time that I could just disregard like the discomfort. And it might've been because of temperature. It might've been because of like the way something fit me. If I thought I looked, if I thought I was gonna just look cool in it and I was gonna just make people's like jaws drop, the kids in my class, I was gonna like make heads turn. I was gonna make, maybe even make some people feel slightly uncomfortable at how cool I looked. I, I was gonna I was gonna go through with it yeah and as far as socks that's just that's just I kind of go through phases where I'm like wearing socks but then not wearing socks it just depends on on um, actually depends on if I could find matching socks and if they work I do however don't I I have worn socks that I knew did not go with my outfit didn't match my outfit I think I was wearing blue and they were like these red i don't i you don't need to know all the details but it bothered me so much i might as well have walked into the place that i was wearing them to with no pants on oh really that's how uncomfortable i was interesting maybe no pants on was not a good comparison with my hair un uncombed or something yeah i would like to state for the record that bobby is wearing jeans a black thermal and a blue, a navy blue, like, Hawaiian-type shirt with yellow bananas on it over 
<laughs> the long sleeve shirt <laughs> and a beanie cap. And no socks or shoes. And no socks. I'm barefoot. I'm at home. I'm at home. <laughs> it's just, it, maybe it's like a weather thing. Like you're not ready to get rid of, you're, you're willing to make your fashion work regardless of what the weather is telling you. Well, I do this kind of, I do this kind of like Hiller thing, okay? And I'll explain to you why I'm saying this. What I've done in the past is I'll select the clothes that I'm wearing and I'll kind of just like lay them out and I kind of wave my hands over them. <laughs> Not kind of in this Hiller, like in the way this, you know, those like, you know, uh, snake worshiping healers kind of do that you know mm -hmm, that thing mm -hmm. and like and i kind of just like feel the vibe of that particular outfit and and i have i and even if i put it on if i put it on and i don't feel like a million bucks i'm not gonna wear it that's you know that's my standard if i can walk outside the door and feel like a million bucks then i've chosen the right outfit well, your vibe was right for Jamba Juice today because he got a lot of compliments <laughs> I did, at yeah. Jamba Juice. Yeah, well, because of the bananas on the shirt. I mean, they love fruit there, so. All right, let, let's move on. A couple months ago, I was reading an article and it mentioned Sunday Scaries. And I'm already starting to feel like a little bit like an obsolete millennial. And I was like, what? Sunday Scaries? In my heart, I knew what it was. I was like, oh, I think I know what this is. But I looked it up anyway because I didn't want to be unpleasantly surprised <laughs> by something. And I was correct The in what I thought it was. It, it's the feeling of dread and anxiety you get um, the Sunday before your work week. And I even remember feeling this way as a child. So, Jennifer, do you get the Sunday Scaries now, and did you get them as a kid? Yes, so, so, so much did I have the Sunday Scaries. I didn't like school, like I had a lot of bullies, and so it was like a very scary place for me to go to, because I didn't know if I was just, you know, walking from one class to another, if somebody would kind of like go after me or if they'd leave me in peace like I never knew what was happening or what was coming and so it was very frightening for me and I just kind of obsessed about ways to not be going to school like any kind of cold or flu felt like <laughs> like a godsend like ah I don't have to go to school I remember one year when I was I was probably like nine it was the night before school was starting for the year like normally I wouldn't be able to sleep at all that night because of nerves but I actually wet the bed and I remember just being so freaked out because I wasn't a child who you know did that past potty training and like I, I was like oh no is this going to happen all the time but it just happened the once um, just from the nerves of of going to school um, and I related like so very deeply with Garfield because <laughs> he hated Mondays passionately he was just like my patron saint of the Sunday scaries I loved the cartoon of Garfield and friends <laughs> but um, as an adult I don't think it ever hit harder than like at the job that I was in prior because it was just like 
so very, very stressful that I would spend the whole weekend just absolutely like stressed out. I'd be like trying to drive there Monday mornings and be like shaking. So the Sunday scary phenomenon, absolutely real. It made me think of something else, which was this Chinese expression that I read about not that long ago. The literal translation is retaliatory, staying up late. I'll play you Google Translate's version of it, and then I will try and say it. My attempt. Chinese is very hard. In addition to nighttime retaliation, it's also known as revenge bedtime procrastination, a phenomenon in which people who don't have much control over their daytime life refuse to sleep early in order to regain some sense of freedom during the late night hours. Some of the other people comment, I've been trying to describe this to people for months ever since I finally realized that's why I can't seem to get myself to bed on time. If we had a word for it like they do, we might recognize it more often. Another. Good lord, this one cuts deep. Another, I've done this for so long, it's not just so much about regaining a sense of freedom, but throughout the day I was often feeling like my time is not really my own. I'm always doing something I don't want to do, like work or run errands, but at night? Everything is quiet and I can finally hear my own thoughts and just have some me time without the guilt. Oh, I pay for it the next day with exhaustion, but there's something so nice about the silence and getting your own thoughts to yourself once again. It reminds me of a poem by Sabrina Benaim. Insomnia has this romantic way of making the moon feel like perfect company. Another person just wrote in capital letters, It me. Yes, it me too. Acting on your best behavior Turn your back on mother nature I don't know your favorite colors. That seems like such a basic thing, doesn't it? I feel like I see Bobby in a lot of like black and gray and blues. I feel like I see Emily in black. Uh, uh, <laughs> there has to be other colors happening. <laughs> but all I can think of is black. Just because you wear a color doesn't always mean it's your favorite color. I think like your favorite color to wear on yourself versus like your favorite color to have on a wall or to just, you know, buy accessories in is different as well. So what, what is it? I must know. Tell me. So before I knew you asked us this question i also asked you this question we all don't know each other's favorite colors at this point what 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 so yes jennifer i do wear a lot of black i love black i like to wear it which is why i wear a lot of the that color she takes her coffee black i don't i don't actually no okay um but i do like to wear it and i have a motto for myself, which is not a very well thought out motto now that I'm describing it. But basically, it's that if they, the option is to get an article of clothing in black, get it in black. Because I have been like, mm, maybe I'll get the, you know, pretty purple one. And then I never wear it. And I'm like, oh man, if only I'd got this in black. So 
yes, I do like black to wear. Um, visually, my favorite color is like a light turquoise. I find it very calming, but also like happy. So that's that's been pretty like consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like colors. I like I like other colors. But yeah, black and like a light oceany turquoise. Those are my jam. Oh yeah. I think that colors sometimes as an adult uh, are subjective because I think that you can like a certain color, but you might not like wearing it. Mm -hmm. And you might like a certain color because you like wearing that color as an adult. When you're a kid, you're like, my favorite color is turquoise or my favorite color is hot pink and that's great i just said my favorite color is turquoise i'm sorry i just i picked a color out of out of you know what was in my head it was just bouncing around out of the blue i'm sorry oh boy aqua blue um so i i think that it can be a little subjective but i would have to say that my my life my lifelong favorite color since i was a kid has always been blue and I've kind of had a little bit of a um I don't know just kind of like a a flip-flop thing with that color and it has all it's had a lot to do with uh culturally where I grew up and I grew up kind of in the you know a very like uh densely populated city uh in southern Arizona with a lot of gangs like this is part of the Mm. older it was like the older part of tucson where i had grown up uh as a kid and i remember going to elementary school and hearing things about like different colors because there were like the bloods and the crips and people they joke about it like i've heard people use those two terms you know like oh the crips oh the bloods but it was like a legitimate gang in that area and of course the crips were blue and the bloods were red And so me liking the color blue was like kind of not, I wouldn't say controversial, but I was very conscious of the fact that it was like this color that represented this gang. Um, And then eventually we moved out of that area and I felt like a little more free to like the color blue. And then I went to a school that had deaf, some deaf kids in it. And so we learned sign language so that we can communicate with our classmates and understand certain projects that we would do. And a deaf kid named Alex, he gave me my my sign, sign name, which is the color blue in sign language, which is basically making the number four with your hand and then rotating your hand, like left and right. Mm-hmm. And so that's my history of loving the color blue. You have such interesting answers tonight. I maybe it was the um, maybe it was that I don't know. I have no excuse for maybe it was that mini nap that I took earlier that must today. Have been it. Fifteen minutes. That's all it took. I didn't get a mini nap, so <laughs> I was unsure about my motto. <laughs> <laughs> all all right. right, let's. Do more questions. Let's do it. Okay, Jennifer, you know I'm a big fan of sci-fi. I love it. Can't get enough of it. Planet of the Apes, Star Trek, Star Wars. I think you know where I'm going with this. What is your favorite sci-fi movie if you had to pick pick one? Not show, movie. 
So my favorite would be the fifth element. I think that is the one that I have absolutely watched the most, had the most enjoyment from. It's rare for me to watch movies over and over, but this is one where I do come back and watch it. There's parts that are like silly and strange and maybe could have been a little better, but it's just so interesting and weird and funny that it's just always been a favorite. Are either of you good at swimming? I wouldn't know this because I don't go places where there's like swimming is happening, like a gym with a pool or like a beach or lake, because that's just not my scene. So you could be out and about and just like swimming all the time and I would never know. I would never have observed such a thing happen in real life. Are you good swimmers? Like you know like the the, the strokes, the, the the styles of the swimming when it happens and stuff like that? Or are you just dog paddlers? <laughs> if I'm drowning, I want to know who to scream for help to. But why would I be drowning? Because I'm not near any body of water. But I still want to know. No. Yes. <laughs> Could you tell who said yes and who said no? Why doesn't why why don't the, the the no should go first? No, Jennifer, I'm not a good swimmer. <laughs> I am a doggy paddler for life. Um, yeah, rep represent representing. Hashtag dog, <laughs> doggy paddle life. Yeah, doggy paddle life for forever. Um, yeah, I I took swimming lessons. And I got bit by a little girl at them. And then the instructor made me go swim and do the thing. Where is the justice? There is none. That's what I learned from that experience. (laughs) And so I really, I really didn't want to do swimming lessons anymore. And then I think my mom, like, made me finish, you know, Uh the Parks and Rec course that I was in at five years old and so that that is the extent of my my swimming knowledge I do however love to swim and just like be in water there was a probably like a 10 year pause in that because I felt self-conscious in a bathing suit and then like in the last couple of years I was just like you know what I don't really care anymore I mean I still feel like self-conscious but I really enjoy feeling like I'm floating in water and doggy paddling just can't get enough of it. So I do swim, but no, it's not me. I'm not going to, I will not be able to save you, Jennifer. I'm sorry. And uh, I might be able to save you. Uh, I might be able to, because I do, I love swimming. And, um, and actually at 20 years old, this was, I'm 33 right now. So like 13 years ago. I had at my disposal an Olympian-sized swimming pool basically to use as much as I wanted for like four months. And so within those four months, I would swim like back and forth. I would do laps <clears throat> like every other day. And I, I believe that the swimming muscles in my arms developed to the point where I actually would time myself because there was a clock on the wall that you could, you know, as some swimming pools do have. Um, and, and I've had gotten better and faster at swimming 
Um, and that really just locked me into, you know, loving swimming. And, and then there was this beautiful moment that I had probably about a year ago where I was swimming in a pool with my son and I was wearing goggles and he was wearing goggles and we were doing laps and he was like six years old and I swam upside like with my I swam with my face looking upwards underneath him and I could see his body like moving through the water and he was like so happy because he could see me and I could see him and to see him like with that much clarity like his body moving and swimming and like his his muscles like kind of like you know pushing through the water that was I don't know it was like so beautiful to me because it was like this little human being that I am in charge of that is capable of this like amazing incredible useful beautiful thing which is swimming and to be able to like see him doing that I don't know it was like art to me sounds very cinematic thank you it's beautiful yeah so I can save you Jennifer if you're drowning and Emily will go call for help yes she's very good at doing I am I am I even accidentally call the emergency number on my iPhone when I'm when I don't mean to so I'm ready I'm ready yeah yeah that happens that that (laughs) also has Mm -hmm. happened to me okay so there it is Jennifer well we've arrived at that time folks that's right it's time to say goodbye no Emily say it isn't so please I'm sorry but it is so On a scale from 1 to 10, how much pain are you feeling right now that the show is over? I would say a 15. Oh, boy. I hate it when we have to end the show. I hate it. Hook this man up to an IV. Stat! Please. Please do. But on a more serious note, we're glad that for the last hour you have taken some time to listen to us tell you things Mm -hmm. and tell you stories and make jokes and maybe even creating you a tiny chuckle that then exited your mouth. We're so grateful to have had that opportunity but if you stay tuned you can listen to another show right after ours that is hosted locally by none other than leo and that show is high tech soul with leo that name again is high tech soul with leo yes um and then a little bit later on we have backpack boombox with david downey and that is at 10 o'clock, 10 to 12. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. These are all really great shows, great local shows, all produced here in the Valley on KSKQ. Yep. And if you want to know more about what's going on at KSKQ, please go to kskq.org. You can click on the weekly schedule, check out some new shows maybe you haven't heard, things that look interesting to you. There's such a variety, so many lovely people. Well... Please do that. Yeah. And it looks like we got to get out of here. So everybody have a good night. We love you. And until next week, keep on listening and keep looking to the stars.